Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on Twitch.tv, or maybe you're checking this out on YouTube or Rumble. Don't pay any attention to the dead squirrel that has apparently decided to crawl up on top of my head. Hair's getting a little, little shaggy time to get to the barber, and I didn't realize it until I sat down in front of the camera. But anyways, if you are checking this out on YouTube and Rumble, please be sure to hit the, you know, Subscribe button, get the bell for notifications. That way, every week when the new episode pops up, you will get the ding letting you know it is there. So, before I get into everything, I got to tell you about something and something it's I've become quite fond of over the past couple months. And that would be Blue Collar Beardsman Beard Oil. This is a high-quality beard oil, not just some run-of-the-mill, oh, I buy it at the store or, you know, just it's mass produced. It's, you know, cheaply made that way they can turn a big profit on it. This is a product that was hand crafted with a blend of oils hand selected to get the best conditioning quality for your beard or mustache or whatever you happen to have on your face that you're wanting to put it on. Um, stuff is great. It doesn't, you know, leave your face all gross and oily. It absorbs well. It has a scent that isn't overpowering, nor does it just kind of, oh, it smells great. Where'd it go? I, I can't smell it anymore. It's long-lasting, and like I said, it does a great job on your face and all that. So, you know, it's a great product. Please check them out, bluecollarbeardsman.com. This is, you know, handcrafted, amazing Amazing product and small business, family owned, bluecollarbeardsman.com. Check them out. Send them some love. Let them know you heard about it on the Tyler Morgan Show. All right. So, getting into things. Um, for some reason, I just turned off my webcam. All right. There we go. I hit the wrong, I hit the wrong button. Went to turn off the, uh, little blue collar beardsman thing there at the bottom. Hit the wrong one. So, before I get into a whole heck of a lot of stuff, I have a couple things I want to touch on first. Um, first of all, let's give a round of applause for Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg has officially missed nearly four years of school doing her whole climate strike garbage, and she has missed enough school that she's officially graduated, although she dropped out four years ago. Uh I don't know how that qualifies as a graduation, but hey, she's bragging about on the social medias. Good job, Greta. 
Now that you're no longer burdened with not going to school, you continue, you can continue to not pursue an education and continue to pursue the grift. I'd also like to, you know, brief announcement. Um, yeah, uh, Ted Kaczynski, a.k.a. the Unabomber, he was found dead in his cell uh, about nine and a half, nine and a half, ha, um, about 19, 20, 20 hours ago, something like that, like 1230 in the morning, he was found dead in a cell. So one last, one less crazy climate activist slash eco-terrorist no longer in the world, he has gone on to meet his maker and will stand judgment for all eternity. Best of luck with that, Ted. I hope all those bombs paid off for you in the end. All right, so really getting into the meat of what's going on in what has been an insane news cycle this week. Uh, we found out yesterday, the day before, that Donald Trump is officially being indicted for violating the Espionage Act as well as the Presidential Records Act and, you know, obstruction and all this garbage, and he has to go for his official arraignment uh, Tuesday at the uh, federal courthouse in Miami. Now, I have questions. Now, I get it. Donald Trump, as the president, he has final say on classification, declassification, all that. But I would imagine if you are the president, if you want to declassify something, that way you can take it home with you when you get out of office, you should have a big stamp that you go, declassified. Sign a a document that says, hey, I'm the president, I'm declassifying this. Boom. Boom. Yeah, and if he didn't do that, I mean, I don't know. It there, There's so much up in the air on it. Uh, have someone trailhead 464 in the uh, chat room asking how long Trump will go to jail. I don't know. Because this still has to go to trial. You know, it still has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump took this with intent to use it for espionage purposes. I don't know if they can make that stick. Um, however, there is a reporting that allegedly he was showing documents that were, you know, at the very least confidential, which still requires a security clearance to show as well as the person with the security clearance you're showing it to having a need to know. So that being said, if he was showing this stuff to his biographer, as is you know, being alleged, yeah, it's not pro- that's kind of problematic. And, and the stuff that he was showing the biographer was from when uh, Mark Milley was making the bold claim that Donald Trump had plans to invade Iran. And Donald Trump, who had apparently copies of this planning, was pointing out, no, this is not my plans. This is from the Pentagon. This is what they're telling me. This is their plans to invade Iran. 
So, yeah, again, if this is something that he had paperwork and documentation showing that, yes, I had declassified it, okay, great. But at the same time, with, with all the uh, all the stuff that's been going insane with this the story and everyone in the news and on social media, oh, Donald Trump, I'm going to jail. Okay, my question. Hillary Clinton, she brought out her but her emails hat. Yeah, she she's now raising money uh, based off this because but her emails. Well, Hillary Clinton, I think, was um, a little bit more egregious in the fact that, yep, she was, you know, as the Secretary of State, to avoid, you know, you know the archives. Because when I was in the military, all my military emails, I didn't delete any of them. I kept, you know, highlight a bunch of stuff, click archive. Highlight a bunch of stuff, click archive. Because these are official communications that per federal law must be archived. But Hillary Clinton went around that by using a private email server that was not secured either physically because it was in the bathroom of some mom-and-pop restaurant. And it was obviously not uh, secured because, oh, it had been hacked at some point by a foreign state actor. And on this was emails containing classified information. So, okay, she has classified information being transmitted by an underling to her private email address that is not that has not been approved through uh, you know, the appropriate channels to that it is uh, firewalled. People can't get in. It is certified to be able to ha- hold this classified material. And on top of it, you have blackberries that were being used to transmit this, you know, these documents that were smashed with a hammer. You have you know, hard drives are being, you know, digitally erased to try to cover up. But, you know, oh, well, this was just a, a, an egregious error in judgment, but yeah, she didn't do anything, you know, legally wrong. Um, okay. And then you have Joe Biden. You have Joe Biden who had documents that were classified documents. You heard a loud Smash, that was my mouse because I don't have a lot of room on this desk and it was on my lap. It just fell on the floor. So if you heard a clack, that's what that was. Um, Joe Biden with documents at his office at Penn in a building funded by the Chinese. Hmm. He has secret document or classified documents there. He has classified documents in his garage. The classified documents in the garage with his Corvette. And, I mean, no one's breaking into his garage steals his Corvette, so why would they wander in there and rifle through boxes and hope they find something good? And on top of it, 
He had classified documents from his time in the Senate all the way back in the 70s. Now, the last time I checked, as vice president, oh, and the same thing, uh, Mike Pence also had classified documents. But as far as vice president, the Senate, serving in the Senate, in the House, you don't have declassification authority. Period. End of story. Now, what gets even worse with Joe Biden is that he had stuff from his time in the Senate, like I said before, which means there was someone bringing classified materials to the Senate skiff where it was to be viewed. You could take notes on it. That way, if it's something that, okay, we're going to review this, then we go into a closed-door session of the committee, and we're going to, you know, ask questions about it as per, you know, you know constitutional authority. The Senate, you know, has oversight as well as the House on, you know, all executive branch functions. So you take notes on it. Then when you're done with it, you know, they go, the notes get destroyed. Okay, cool. Got that. But how did Joe Biden get original documents or copies of the original documents out of that skiff? How do we, why are we not investigating this? Because don't be wrong, if Donald Trump broke the law, he broke the law. Period. End of story. Now, the way the DOJ has been weaponized to personally go after him for the last, what, six, seven years? That is a huge, huge issue. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, you, know, def- you know, deflect from one to the other. You know, these things are not mutually, you know, it's not like they can't mutually, you know, they can't mutually exist. But at the same time, we, we talk about equal protection under the law. Justice is blind. No one is above the law. Yet somehow Hillary Clinton, based on the word, of then FBI director James Comey. He said, oh no, it was a mistake and blah blah blah. This is you know, not not a problem. This really isn't a problem. And okay, where's I mean, if having the material, if your underlings are transmitting this material against the that in a way that is illegal why aren't there being uh why aren't why weren't there investigations or arrests and trials in that same with joe biden having the illegal the illegally obtained classified material from what his time in the senate forget just impeachment if he was breaking the law He should also face the same 
charges. Mike Pence, if he broke the law, he should be facing the same charges. Now, I want Donald Trump to be able to get his day in court. If he is found guilty because the evidence is, you know, proves beyond a reasonable doubt that he did intend to do illegal things with these documents other than just they were interspersed with his stuff. Then the GSA came in, packed up the White House, packed up his, uh, you know, the stuff from the executive mansion where, you know, the actual family residence is and carted it off to Mar-a-Lago. And like I said, it was just interspersed. So, you know, it was missed. Then you're really going to have a hard time proving that he actually did anything. And as far as how long will Trump go to jail, I don't know. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of those in power on the left and the right. I would just love to see Donald Trump have a massive coronary from all of us to McDonald's. Personally, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. I think he did some good stuff as president. However, I, I made no bones about it in 2015 on social media, way back before I started the podcast, way back when I was still in the Army and really had to be careful with my political commentary because of the Hatch Act. I felt Donald Trump was a fascist. I thought Donald Trump was going to be this huge authoritarian. And he just needed a reason. And especially when COVID hit, I thought he was going to get that reason. Now, don't get me wrong. Donald Trump turned over his White House to Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, and they did a lot of the fascist decision-making for him. Donald Trump was going after Republican governors such as uh, Kemp in Georgia and DeSantis in Florida because, oh my God, you're opening up way too early. Instead of letting the governors, you know, govern. That's part of what a federalist system was. We don't trust the central government. Let's leave the local decision-making to the lowest level possible. We do not need the states and local governments being micromanaged by an overarching, overbearing, overzealous central government. So, like I said, if Donald Trump did in fact break the law, let the chips fall where they may. However, it's going to be interesting if he refuses to drop out of the race, even you know, with the indictment. And he already has a state indictment coming from New York, which it's a state indictment. I don't even know how that one stuck. I don't know how the judge blessed off on this indictment because, you know, the reason they were able to forego this whole uh, statute of limitations thing is because, well, the misdemeanors were. Were, were you were committed while also committing a felony? You know, he was speeding when he committed the robbery, so the robbery we can still prosecute on, and we can still 
go for the speeding because yeah, you know, it was done while committing the felony. But they they never indicted a felony with Donald Trump. They, I mean, they indicted on stuff that even the feds declined to prosecute. So again, I don't know how this is going to go forward. I don't know what's going to happen with the Trump campaign at this point. I imagine they're going to fight like hell. I imagine that fundraising dollars are going to go through the roof for Donald Trump. However, if he starts using his campaign funds to pay for his legal defense, then he's going to be looking at more uh, Federal Election Commission violations if he's doing that. Because he's not paying for a defense of his campaign. He's paying for his own personal defense. So, I think this is just going to snowball and get worse and worse for Donald Trump in the end. Being Miami, a part of Florida that is incredibly blue, much like trying to get an indictment in New York City against Donald Trump or Washington, D.C. against Donald Trump, so many of these other cities, that's the reason why I think they're able to make the indictment stick. They, you know, when it comes to the grand jury, that is selected by the prosecution. The prosecution prosecution can basically say, can look for who will give them the indictment, bring forward the ham sandwich, lay out the evidence against the ham sandwich, boom, your ham sandwich is indicted. Now, when, when it comes to the actual jury selection, if Donald Trump just doesn't cop a plea, which I do, Donald Trump has zero humility, he ain't going to cop a plea. He, he wants the fight. He's going to pick the fight. So now the defense has an opportunity when they go into jury selection to try to mitigate what the prosecution is looking to, looking to do. And when that happens, maybe be able to get a better get a better jury that will be less likely to go, ah, the Irish man is bad, he's guilty. Again, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I, I don't have any tea, tea leaves to read, so I'm, again, just speculating. But it, it's kind of crazy where we're at this point in our society when, you know, the left was the ones who, oh, the FBI, man, they're, 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 trying, they're trying to shut us down. They're trying to just destroy our civil rights, man. It went from the, the, the left doing that to now the right is we don't trust them because they're all trying to kill us. And as as much as people want to point to that, you know, you know, to Donald Trump and you know, blame Donald Trump for the right suddenly being worried about the feds, I mean the right has been going back to um 
you know, to Waco for, you know, so we're going on, what, almost 30 years since Waco? Well, it has been 30 years since, since the fire at Waco. When even the right's going, ooh, yeah, that, uh, I don't think you handled that very good. And if you watch the Waco documentary series on Netflix, I, you have one of the snipers who was on the, in a building on the backside of the compound, who even he is like, dude, what the hell is going on here? All because you had guys who wanted, you know, they wanted to make the big bust. They didn't care about the outcome. They wanted the bust. And we're seeing that all the time. You know, you have Mark Houck, the the Catholic pro-life guy, who, when he pushed someone who was accosting his child, He was sued over the assault in municipal court in Philadelphia, and it was dismissed because, yeah, you accosted his kid. Of course he defended his son. Are you stupid? And when that didn't pan out, suddenly they get the feds involved, and he is arrested by an FBI SWAT team at his house, guns pointed at his wife and kids. For pushing a bitter, angry jackass who was swearing and cursing his son and getting in his son's personal space. You have FBI FBI whistleblowers who they see the crap that's going on and they're they're trying to let the media let their congressmen know, "Hey, this is happening. It's not right. It needs to be stopped." And what happens to them? They get their security clearances pulled. And they're not fired. But they're not getting paid because they can't work, because they can't work without security clearance. And on top of it, they have bills to pay, but the FBI won't bless on bless off on them taking a second job to be able to pay their freaking bills. Or you have, you know, one guy who in the process of being you know, relocated from one office to another across the country, packs up all of his household goods, ships it, shows up at the next, you know, duty station. As military, it's a duty station. Shows up the next duty station, and then suddenly, oh, yeah, your, secu- your security clearance is pulled. You can't work, and we're just going to hold on to your household goods until a time we see fit to have them delivered. Oh, and yeah, because you're not getting paid, you can't move into the house that you're trying to rent. 
How is that? And and how is no one being charged, either civilly or criminally, for obviously violating the Whistleblower Protection Act? This is clearly, you know, you know uh, an illegal reprisal against these gentlemen who have the, who have the testicular fortitude to stand up against the government leviathan. But again, the whole idea that the FBI would be anti-American, would be anti-U.S. citizens, that's just crazy right-wing conspiracy mumbo-jumbo. I think that we are at a crossroads in our country where our Constitution is about to be burned to the ground. And people willing to stand up, people willing to put their voice out there are going to become more and more important. I don't have a huge reach. I get it. I understand that. But just trying to have my voice heard because, you know, that First Amendment, I have the right. The government cannot take my right to petition it for redress. I have the freedom, the God-given freedom, the enshrined in our founding document freedom that cannot be taken by an abusive government to speak freely and to voice my concern. So as much as, you know, I think the whole Donald Trump thing is a bunch of crap. I think it is a bunch of political maneuvering to try to get him out of the election. It's a fight that he has to have. It's a fight I do not think he will win. I think he will go to prison. And if they draw this out to until after the primaries, till after Donald Trump secures a nomination, should he be winning the primaries? So now you have the presidential candidate who goes on trial. the the nominate The nominee for the Republican Party goes on trial and then is convicted. What do you do? Does the does the RNC suddenly just back out and well, you know, we know that he was nominated by the people, but now we're gonna have to you know, nominate someone else. This really seems like a crazy way of you know, kind of banana republic way of yeah, they, they have their candidate. Even if he's elected, he can't serve because, you know, he's in prison. And if he's convicted and sentenced well ahead of the elections, 
or even just after the election, if he were to win the election, but ah, daggummit, he went to trial and he was sentenced before he could take office and issue himself a pardon? Damn, that's just so unlucky. I'll take a quick break and I will be right back. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so getting back into the mix of things, um, let me tell you about coffee. Yes, one of my favorite beverages. I know I have all these amazing whiskeys up above my head. Coffee, though, by far is the elixir, the true elixir of life. It wakes you up in the morning. If you're like me, you can drink it and go straight to sleep. Coffee makes the world go round. And what better coffee to drink than American Pride? Roasters. American Pride Roasters is a, again, another small family run company out of Iowa. This is coffee that is, you know, shot for the. Dave goes out of his way to get the best beans. He custom roasts them. When you order it, he grind, you know, you want, you want dark roasted, he'll dark roast it for you. If you want it, you know, Espresso ground because you have your home espresso machine. He will grind it perfect for espresso. If you are one of those weirdos who cold brew your coffee in the fridge, not talking about you, Dave. I know you like cold brew, but hey, that's just you. If you like your cold brew or your French press, so you want your coffee ground a little bit more coarse, guess what? He'll grind it coarse, or maybe you like to grind your own coffee. You can get whole bean and grind it yourself. Either way, Order your coffee from American Pride Roasters. They a lot of their coffees are named after great Americans. Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Calvin Coolidge, Doc Thompson, the late and great Doc Thompson, has a couple flavors that are named after him. There's so many great flavors. Check them out. And me, I right now I'm a fan of the Washington Crossing of the Delaware, which unfortunately is no longer available. I gotta put that one out there. But, you know, they have so many others. Uh, the Teddy Roosevelt blend is awesome. The Silent Cal, the Calvin Coolidge blend, delicious. Check them out. Yeah, maybe you like a dessert coffee. Maybe the Hamilton Bird. Get a little uh, donut, a little blueberry donut flavor going on there. 
It's also good. Check them out today. American Pride Roasters. Check them out. APRCoffee.com. Historically, great coffee. All right. So, kind of a loss. I didn't plan for going quite as long as I did about the whole Donald Trump thing. And then you started doing the whole, uh, yeah, just let the mind go, follow the stream of consciousness, and hope it doesn't lead me into saying something dumb. But now I'm kind of uh, lost because I got two two more stories for tonight. Um, I think I'll be able to hit both of them before I'm done. So do my best. Uh, this is a from uh, Neil Patel. He is a co-founder and publisher of the Daily Caller. This is an opinion piece that he wrote. Uh, the Biden Justice Department tried to stop us from getting records on government censorship efforts. So again, this is from Neil Patel. This is his opinion piece. So I'm going to make sure that he gets the credit on this. Earlier this week, the Washington Post let American people know whose side they're on when it comes to free speech versus government-backed censorship. They're on the side of the censors. To summarize, the Post's lengthy piece frames efforts by Republican lawmakers, conservatives, and media organizers like the Daily Caller News Foundation to hold a well-heeled and growing industry dedicated to fighting so-called mis- and disinformation accountable as harassment. We're not making this up. Of course, after everything, we've learned from the Twitter files and other investigative reporting into how these groups actually operate. It's clear that fighting disinformation is almost always a euphemism for censoring facts and opinions they don't like, especially from conservatives. It's no coincidence that conservatives are overwhelmingly the ones being deplatformed, shadow banned, fact-checked, and censored on social media and Google. Add my own piece here. Thank God for the community notes that have been really, really pushed forward since Elon Trump took over Twitter. Now, while there are still conservative posts that catch the community notes, Lefties seem to catch them a lot more. But I digress back to the article. It's no, it's no coincidence that conservative news outlets, not corporate or liberal ones, always make it into the secret blacklist put together by pro-censorship groups and sent to ad agencies to deprive those sites of revenue. The DCNF recently revealed a major group dedicated to demonstrating demonetizing conservative sites was actually funded by the Biden State Department. In fact, many similar organizations that promote censorship also get giant checks from the feds. This should alarm every American, regardless of party affiliation or ideology. But WAPO wants you to ignore all that and believe it's the government-funded censors who are the real victims, not the people they're trying to silence. Sadly, the Biden Justice Department seems to agree. Right after WAPO dropped its censors are the real victims piece, journalist Lee Fang published an email showing the Biden DOJ intervening, intervening to impede DCNFS, DCNF records, records request regarding a little-known Department of Homeland Security panel advising the agency on combating mis- and disinformation. Given everything we've learned over the years, especially from the Twitter files, about federal government efforts to censor and silence opinions they don't like, we wanted to see what this secretive panel was up to. 
It is, after all, our duty to inform the public about threats to their fundamental rights, especially freedom of speech. A key member of this panel was Kate Starbird of the University of Washington, who founded the Center for an Informed Public. Not only does she sit on the committee, but she's also raking in government research grants. Hmm, that couldn't possibly be a conflict of interest, could it? Starbird actually featured prominently in WAPO's piece defending the pro-censorship industry, but the paper conveniently left out Starbird's role in advising DHS's secretive little committee. I wonder why. We thought the public had a right to know what this DHS advisory panel was up to, which apparently alarmed the Biden DOJ. In a fawning email sent in September 2022, Assistant U.S. Attorney Annalisa Cravens asked the University of Washington to delay the release of records to, to the DCNF. Quote, so that we can have time to review them and assess whether we'll have to file suit to protect them from disclosure, end quote. To be clear, we did get the records from the University of Washington. It just took six months to get them all. Of course, now we're wondering if we truly got all the documents we asked for. Rest assured, we've already filed follow-up requests to get to the bottom of it. Someone has to. As WAPO's puff piece made clear, the corporate and legacy media aren't interested in holding the censorship industrial complex accountable. In fact, major media outlets are often this insidious industry's biggest enablers. And now we, and now we know the Biden administration is willing to participate in the cover-up and apparently willing to use whatever legal channels available to keep the public in the dark about what their own government is doing to undermine core constitutional protections. If there's one issue that should unite Americans of all stripes, it's government officials colluding with, with an industry dedicated to censoring ideas and information inconvenient to the party in power. If we don't hold these powerful, secretive groups accountable today, we all run the risk of being silenced down the road. Democracy dies in darkness. Indeed. And again, if you look up the classical definition of fascism, you know, the, the public-private partnership between government and uh, privately held industries, such as media, manufacturing, distribution, farming, all of that, in order to oppress the people. So, again, this comes comes down to, uh, oh, no, 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 we, the government, aren't trying to censor people speaking out against us. That would be wrong. But, you know, we can't control, you know, the legacy media. We can't control the newspapers who choose not to, who choose not to publish that. We can't control social media organizations that are deciding on their very own that they will be uh, that they're not going to allow this information to spread because they think that it is wrong. It's it. This is why I said in the first part of the show, our constitution is on the ropes. I don't know how much longer our Constitution survives. Granted, the Constitution might not be, uh, you know, 
completely dissolved, and then we establish a new constitution where we have, you know, you know, positive rights, positive liberties, you know, as granted by a benevolent, caring government like the Soviet Constitution had. And, you know, as, as long as you're doing the right thing, as long as you're saying the right things, as long as you're not questioning the government, as long as you're being a proper member of the citizenry, pardon me, then you will have the full, full gambit of rights afforded to you in this new constitution. But the minute you become a thorn in the side or you're not playing nice with everybody, then you're going you're gonna to have to roll some of those back. Kind of like uh, in the Soviet constitution, every right it gave, it, it made sure you knew it was 100% conditional. So that's just, again, backing up that comment earlier about our Constitution might not be in such good shape. Now, this is a story that the fact that I didn't find it in an American outlet is kind of not surprising. And where it takes place, again, not surprising at all. Thank you, England and the Daily Mail. Oregon State University welcomed children to drag show featuring extreme nudity. Oregon State University welcomed children to drag show that involved nudity, with one performer bearing her breasts and using them to lift weights. The performer, which the performance, which was branded the illegal drag show. But it's, it's Oregon. There's nothing illegal about it. In fact, the state of Oregon probably encourages it. Do, 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 do. Uh, the performance, which was branded the illegal drag show, was held at the LaSalle Stewart Center at the university campus in Oregon. In Oregon? What? I don't know. On the university campus in Oregon, uh, it had been set up by a plus group or by plus group Rainbow Continuum and a poster for the event openly encouraged attendees to be gay. While also advertising it is to all ages. And footage captured at the show and first reported by and, and first reported a biological woman can be seen undressing and exposing her breasts to the audience. One woman in the audience could be heard saying, cover your eyes because, you know, your kids don't need to see it because you should have never brought your children there to begin with. As the performer begins undressing on the stage, while another says, are you freaking kidding me? Oh, my God. The unknown performer then starts hanging five-pound weights from her breasticles, and receives a large round of applause from the audience. After retrieving a barbell weight, weight blah, blah, blah. after retrieving a barbell weight from behind the curtain, the performer then proceeds to hang that from her breasticles. In another video, a young child has been brought on the stage by one of the drag queens and interviewed. Responding to an unintelligible question from the drag queen, the child responds, he's a full-grown man. 
Rebecca Lang, student for life president at Oregon State, said the show consists of extremely explicit sexual content, including sexually provocative performances by men and women in dragon costumes. Lang also said that at least two children she spotted in the audience were so small, they had to be seated on the laps of adults to be able to see it. She added, they were subjected to not only references, but physical moves and sexually explicit dances by both biological men and women and extreme nudity as well. And that's just a picture. In a promotion for the event, Rainbow Continuum said, Queer people across the nation are under legislative attack, but we will not let them stop our partying. Well, okay. No one wants to stop you from your partying. You want to go party with adults? Go party with adults. There is no need to do this crap in front of kids. Period. End of story. As much as I don't have, you know, a whole lot of respect for, you know, you know, for strip clubs and any of that, I've never been to one. You know what? If you want, if a woman wants to go there and debase herself, if men want to go there and debase themselves, and throw money at at the stage for a woman to jiggle her chest around? Dude, you're on your own. I ain't going to stop you. I want to tell you that it ain't right, but ultimately that decision comes down to you. But the minute you try to take a kid in there, people lose their damn minds. You know Why? Because it's not for kids. These drag shows. If if adults want to go watch men dressed as women do a sexually you know provocative dance, prancing around like a chick. Hey, whatever floats your boat. But. You know, I remember watching True Lies as a kid and the Jamie Lee Curtis dripping for Arnold Schwarzenegger scene when I was, what, eight, nine, ten years old. My mom is like, uh, no. We will... Walk out of the room. We will call you when it's over and you can come back. Why why have we gotten away from that? Why have we gotten away from, you know, as an adult, you look at stuff with for your kids and you go, okay, no, my kids don't need that. Why are we now as adults encouraging our kids to, Take this in. Why are other adults so worked up about being able to do their debauchery in front of kids? 
why, pardon the expression, why do you have such a hard-on to do these performances for kids? They say, they, the, the crazy people, say that, oh, we're not grooming kids. I'm sorry, if you're taking your 10-year-old boy to watch drag queens, to watch men dressed as women, if you are willingly performing for them, you are encouraging them to be there. You're encouraging them to interact with you. Like I said on last on the last episode, the definition of grooming is the slow exposure to ideas and acts and it that over time normalizes it to the person being groomed until the point where they are comfortable with participation. I could get I get shut down on YouTube for saying that. I honestly don't give a rat's hairy butt. But that's what this is. This is grooming children to not only be okay with but to eventually participate in a lifestyle that to this day with uh, AIDS in America is still largely a disease that affects the homosexual population. Why is that? Granted, you will see AIDS that pops up with, you know, intravenous drug use where people share needles. But you know who you don't see on the uh, on the ads for the medicine that will, you know, help prevent the transmission of HIV? You don't see intravenous drug users. It's always two men. You don't see on these TV shows that incorporate HIV and AIDS awareness into the show. You don't see the drug user who shared a dirty needle and caught and caught the hiv. It's 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 a gay man. In Africa, a continent that has been ravaged by HIV and AIDS. That's the only place where you see men and women equally affected by that virus. You look at monkeypox and how it's spreading in the United States. Where, where and how is it being spread? It's being spread between gay men.
This is stuff that is always being just shoved in our faces. And we're told you can't look away. You can't keep your kids from coming. We will come for your kids and we will make sure that they get the show we want them to see. Frankly, it is a self-destructive lifestyle. It is a lifestyle that cannot be sustained by, you know, nat, you know, natural occurrence. I mean, we, we had the story this week that came out about Ellen Page. Yeah, I know. I dead named, but Ellen Page was engaged in a same-sex relationship with another woman. That, that relationship fell apart. She went to a cabin in the woods, beat herself till she was numb, and then started hearing voices. And then promptly transitioned and scheduled her, uh, her double mastectomy. This is a woman who was having auditory hallucinations. She didn't need a transition. She needed a psychiatrist. She needed someone who actually wanted to take the time and care about the actual mental well-being of another human being. Instead, she found someone who says, I can cure you, and all it's going to take is a, is a radical surgery and a bunch of drugs that don't do anything to actually help you. And then we're expected to just go along with it. We are expected to look at that crazy uncle who is 100% in his brain, Don Quixote, and we're supposed to cheer him on as he is tilting at windmill tilting at windmills and endangering himself endangering others around him especially when he has violent outbursts as a result of whatever's going on that has him convinced he is don quixote and he must slay that dragon which is a semi driving down the road at, uh, at 60 miles an hour. We, we are no longer just asked to go, okay, you do you, boo-boo. And then go on with our lives. Now we're being asked that we must, not only will we, you know, insist that these people who suffer from a form of body integrity identity disorder, we have to participate. We must accept, we must validate and we cannot at all look at them and say, you know what? I love you. You need help. And what they're doing is not helping. It is just 
feeding the delusion. We're not allowed to do that. We were commanded in the Bible, love God, all your, all your heart, soul, and mind, and spirit. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you love your neighbor, and you say what you're doing is self-destructive, you are suddenly a transphobe, you're a homophobe, everything you do is wrong, and you should be drummed out of society. I don't know what to say about the world we live in. It is a freaking mess. But keep fighting the good fight. Stand up for truth. Be relentless. And stay relentless. Do not let the bastards get you down. Period. Oh, now that I'm on that that low note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for the week. Thank you so very much for tuning in. If you're watching this live, you're awesome. Thank you for being here. If you're watching this on YouTube and Rumble, again, be sure to subscribe. Hit the notification. You know, hit the bell to get the notifications. You know, all the things. I'm not going to give this. Smash this. Hit that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The Scott over there at uh, Kentucky Ballistics, he can have all the sound effects he wants. I don't want them. I just want his guns. But if you're uh, listening to this on the podcast, remember... If you are a first-timer, I ask the same four things every time. Please, number one, subscribe, follow, whatever your platform calls it. I know on Apple they have subscribed for uh, premium content that's on Apple. I don't have premium content on Apple. You want my premium content? Go to patreon.com slash Show. Sign up there, and then you get ad-free listening. You know, you'll, get my, you'll get my you know live off-the-cuffs on Blue Collar Beardsman and APR Coffee, but you don't run the risk of getting some advertisement that goes completely against everything you stand for, everything I stand for. That comes courtesy of being hosted on ACAST. I can't control that. Sorry. But once you have subscribed, please write, rate this show, rate, rate the podcast five stars, all except for three and below. We need to have a conversation. Be sure to, you know, hit me up on Twitter at fake Tyler Morgan or at RD Media Pods. My DMs are always open. Once you have rated and reviewed and subscribed, please, the last thing, share this episode, share the podcast in general with someone who you think will love this show. Send it to someone who you think will hate the show. And we'll get aggravated and irritated just listening to me ramble and rant about conservative things. My producer is getting loud in the other room. Apparently, I'm at one hour and three minutes. I must go. Again, thank you very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. 
The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Show to donate there or RelentlessDaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com. Link in the show notes. Second Timothy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.